Welcome to the Dynasty Defined Podcast, a show discussing what is going on with the greatest dynasty in sports, the Oklahoma State Cowboys wrestling program. I'm your host, Lee Cothran, and today, well, the regular season is over for Cowboy Wrestling. We've gotten through all of the duels, the holiday tournaments, um, things have just gone in place, and the season's over with as we move into the postseason, so... It was a overall fairly good season for the Cowboys. I think they ended up in uh, dual rankings, uh, ranked um, moderately decently. You know, number nine in the country, fourteen and three uh, on the season. Not the best season in school history. Not the worst. Uh, it definitely feels like it got better after um, January. The team seemed to click and uh, perform well. They seem to be a, a good group of young men who are out there competing for each other. And there's a lot of positives to take from this season. Um, there are definitely some things to call out as far as uh, development and, you know, where are we as a program? I think there's some question marks that we have to address at some point and um i i think that uh, overall though you know something proved out it was a drama free season for the most part i know that uh um one guy is out of the lineup because of uh health concerns um not much to say about that one way or the other I, i'm hoping that we get some news on it as the off season comes around and uh, we learn a little bit more about what the plans are with Trevor Master Giovanni, but I can't report anything on that. I don't know what's going on. I've received a lot of speculation, but from everyone I've talked to, he's with the team and um, I don't think there's any plans on transferring or or anything like that. So I don't know uh, what, what the deal is. I'll uh, we'll we'll just kind of stay on top of it and and figure out what we can figure out when they're ready to announce something. Then um, that's what will happen. Um, otherwise, uh, every other weight class was able to stay moderately healthy. Knock on wood. Of course, um, we still got the Big Twelve tournament and NCAA's to get through. Uh, hopefully, everybody is able to maintain their health through those tournaments and place as high as their potential allows them to. Um, I think there's a lot of uh, exciting things that could happen over the next couple of weeks that we definitely want to keep an eye on. Um, Before getting into that, there are a couple of duels that we need to talk about. The Pokes had the second iteration of Bedlam for the 2023 season uh, back on Thursday of last week. Um, seemed to go pretty well. They recognized Ricky Stewart, who received the Gallagher Award from the National Wrestling Hall of Fame. He has overcome a lot. If you haven't gone and checked it out, uh, they put a piece on him and his story, his wrestling career, uh, how he was one of the best wrestlers to come from Oklahoma. Uh, wrestled for Oklahoma State, and then was a great ambassador for the sport until 
you know, an accident a few years ago where um, his his house exploded, uh, unfortunate accident, and he received some pretty serious injuries and uh, has been doing a lot to overcome that and the Oklahoma wrestling community and Oklahoma State wrestling family has really rallied around him and, and helped uh, a lot. And that's a great, really uplifting story. So if you have an OSU Max subscription, make sure to go out there and watch that. I'm sure that, um, look, if you if you don't have an OSU Max subscription, there's a lot of great stuff on there for wrestling in general. So um, the team there at OSU Max and the uh, uh, SID for Wrestling Read uh, has really done a great job with some of the content they've put on there, so make sure to go check those things out. There's nice behind-the-scenes look into the program. But um, they rec- they did all that. They recognized that. The, the team performed really well. They won uh, eight out of the ten matches, looked pretty good doing it. Uh, we'll cover that here in a minute and then of course they went to Iowa City and um boy was my prediction off <laughs> um basically everything that could go wrong did for the Cowboys it was a very unfortunate uh um duel it definitely put a damper on the rise of the Cowboys here over the last few weeks but uh um you know it kind of is what it is I will we'll talk about all that stuff uh, in a minute um for Big 12s in Tulsa, there are some exciting things going on, but I think most of the uh, events and planned get-togethers and things like that are being reserved for the national championships also in Tulsa. So Oklahoma State's the host school. Uh, it's going to be a fun time. If you haven't gotten tickets yet, I definitely recommend going out there and finding some. There are seats to be had for... Uh, pretty good pricing in the upper level um, to be can't. I mean, look, I, I, I've, I've seen the complaint. I know people don't like sitting up high and all that stuff. I sold season tickets in an arena back, it was, you know, a decade ago, but um, I've, I've seen all the, the different angles that you can see for uh, a stadium and, and there are good seats to be had in the corners and in the upper level. Uh, you just have to, um, Kind of know what you're looking for, right? Try to get something on an aisle where you're not uh, looking across the aisle to the playing surface. Otherwise, people are walking in front of you and things like that. There's uh, a lot of uh, uh, good options, though. And I think that you can get all session tickets for like 300 bucks a piece. So um, make sure to go get those and let's fill up the upper level with orange, you know? I mean, look full candor here, OSU's probably not going to win a national title this year, but if having a lot of support there can get three or four All-Americans uh, and boost a couple of guys over that hump, you know, your Caden Gefellers, your Victor Voinoviches, your Carter Youngs, the guys who, Luke Serber, right, uh, guys who are um, 19, 20, Right now, they're going to need all the help they can get, and if there's a lot of support for them, um, who knows? It could help, right? Uh, it can't hurt if there's a lot of OSU people there. So uh, I, I really hope that everybody who listens, and I'm sure everybody who listens to this is going to be there, but um, get a ticket, bring a friend, you know? Uh, it, it's going to be a good time. It's a, it's a great event, and it's 
uh, one of the things in this sport that really is special. So a um, lot to look forward to. And we'll cover all of that as the next few weeks go on as we get into the postseason. Um, I don't have allocations and things like that right now. We'll cover all of that next week uh, as far as who earned an allocation, who didn't, who's going to have to steal a spot at Big 12s, um, what's it looking like for Reese Whitcraft or... Wyatt Sheets or, um, heck, even you know Carter Young at some level, uh, they're going to have to finish. You know the weight classes and th- those weight classes are pretty deep for the Big Twelve. There's a lot of guys in the uh, ten to thirty range, so you should see qualifiers in those places. But um, should and, and will are are different things. Um, but as the allocations come out and as the seedings for Big 12s come out, we'll get a better look at that and, and have an idea of what it could shake up as um, for next weekend in the Big 12 tournament. Um, so yeah, fun stuff. I'm really excited for this postseason. I think there's there's a lot that this team can prove. And um, I think these young men are hungry for the opportunity to do that. And honestly, I'm excited about the health of the team. Uh, I don't know exactly what is bugging who right now, um, but I haven't heard any major injury news. I haven't heard that anybody's really um, hindered by a nagging injury. So, uh, yeah, I think there's a lot to learn, and I think that these guys are doing the right things to put themselves in a position to outperform expectations. And in that vein, expectations weren't exactly high at the beginning of the year, right? Um, Saying that in Oklahoma State Wrestling, the expectations are always, if you're in the starting lineup, you should be an All-American contender. Um, the team should always be competing for national titles and team trophies. Uh, that's bare minimum, right? Uh, Oklahoma State shouldn't finish outside the top five. Um, those are the expectations. That's where they need to be. And I'm not saying that we should adjust our expectations or lower them by any means. I, uh, just as much as anybody, think that the team should be striving for that and the program should always be striving for that um quite frankly you know i i think that ou shouldn't be uh finishing outside the top 10 every year like they have been for the past decade iowa state same thing you know they shouldn't be finishing outside the top 10 every year um like the the unfortunate reality is that you know things have talents kind of spread out and um, it's made it harder for for some of these traditional programs to to stay there. Iowa State's doing the things they need to do to to get back into team trophy contention. I think Oklahoma State's doing the things that we need to do to to maintain our position 
and and continue to average a top four finish at NCAA's, which is what it's been over the past uh, 10, 15 years. Um, I know that they haven't won a title, which is frustrating. Um, we've covered that several times. There's a, a slip in 2013 that keeps you off the top of the podium, right? Like literally, um, if... Uh, Z finishes one spot higher than Oklahoma State's probably team champions, right? There have been small things that have happened that have just kept OSU at third place or second place, right? And it's it's frustrating. Um, at the same time, in 2018, they finished 12th, 11th, uh, which everything that could go wrong went wrong in that one, right? Uh, Dean Heil... Uh, they had they they put in a rule to stop that guy, which is still just one of the biggest middle fingers to an individual wrestler I think I've ever. Who knows? You know that was just wrong. Um, Preston Weigel got hurt immediately and and was put out of the tournament. He comes back the next year and finishes third. Right. Um, you have that if you have Preston Weigel and you have Dean Heil replace or finishing top three, then you know you're you're probably second or third again, right? Um, and then of course last year, uh, you lose AJ Ferrari, which you were going to lose him anyway. It seems like, um, but you lost him because of a unfortunate car accident. You put his points back into the equation and the team finishes third. <clears throat> I mean, it would have been Penn state, Iowa, Oklahoma state, right? Or, or was it Penn state, Michigan, Oklahoma state, Iowa, I think. So, um, <laughs> like it's, it's just, it's unfortunate. It's one person makes a huge difference. <clears throat> so you hope to see somebody step up this year, right? We want, obviously, Dayton Fix. I think he's going to win a title. Um, he's a finalist. You need Dustin Plot to achieve what he's going to achieve, right? He's been saying it, and I believe him when he says it, that he's going to be a national champion. Um, he believes that he believes that he's a great wrestler. I believe he's a great wrestler. His coaches believe he's a great wrestler. Um, you know, John Smith, we've heard him say that, right? Like he treats Dustin Plot the way that he treated Chris Pendleton and Zach Esposito and, and everybody else that's won a lot of national championships for Oklahoma State. Um, he's critical of them, yes. Uh, he is uh, harsh sometimes. Uh, on this week's radio show, he said, I probably haven't treated, treated you very well, but this is why, this is the time. Um, that's his coaching style and his philosophy and... Um, He says those things about Dustin Plot because he believes in him, right? Um, we've heard from other coaches up there that they believe that Dustin Plot is a great. He he has the potential to be an all time great Oklahoma State wrestler, 
and uh, he I, I believe that Dustin believes that and I think that he's going to go take it uh, this is where it matters like has he wrestled well over the past two or three weeks no he hasn't and he'll be the first one to tell you that um, he took care of business against Tate Piccolo which is a tough opponent um, he didn't look good against Nelson Brands. He didn't look good against Peyton Mako. Um, guess what? He's going to get another shot at Peyton Mako. That's more than likely the Big 12 championship. Um, he He's going to have to perform at that level that he wants to be at and go win another Big 12 title and then go... Like He, he, he definitely made his path harder over the past month, right? Uh, he probably went from... Uh, he had an inside track before Oregon State. He had an inside track at the two seed, right? Um, but now he's probably looking at a seven or eight seed, I think, which isn't ideal. It's not. Uh, it's not going to help. Um, probably puts him where he's going to have to wrestle the number one seed, which is more than likely going to be Carter Starachi in the semifinals. But he wants that. He wants to wrestle him. And he wants to wrestle in the big stage on Friday and Saturday. And uh, I have full faith that he's going to do it. And I'm excited to watch him do it. Um, Luke Serber is somebody that, look, he's he's knocked off some top guys in the weight. Um, is he going to be able to get over that hump and, and, and wrestle for a podium spot? I think he has the potential to do that. Carter Young has knocked off, what, four top eight guys now? So he he got pretty well handled against the number one and number two guys, Alirez and, and Woods. But behind those two in this weight class, there's not really anybody that's shown that they're head and shoulders above Anybody else, and Carter Young has proven that he's capable of beating those other guys that are podium finishers. Um, can he do it? I think the answer is yes. So there's a lot of people that... I, and, well, and then, you know, Victor Voinovich, I think that he's going to be really good in rematches. I think that we saw that against Mitch Moore. I think Caden Gefeller really is... is on a mission to go finish on the podium and at 157 pounds he can do it it's a pretty wide open weight class um so it could be a great tournament for the cowboys but if you're looking at it from 10,000 feet right now you're you're kind of worried that they're gonna finish outside the top 10 again and that that gets into a realm where it's unacceptable. You know, three three finishes outside the top ten in the last five tournaments is a disaster. And there's no other way to put that. Um, and I am going to continue to cheer on the program. And of course, right? I mean... Uh, I love the program and I, 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 but, but we have to hold it to that standard and, um, the people who run it will tell you that it's unacceptable. So we'll 
just kind of keep an eye on this and, and see how it goes. I, I'm personally excited. I, I think it's a great opportunity. Um, and I'm excited to see how these guys go get it. So let's get into Bedlam here real quick. Um, you know, ultimately you had to feel a little weird about the duel. I know that last week I said that it, it could go this way. It could go where Oklahoma State really performs well, or it could go where it's really close again, right? Uh, it could be where some of these OU guys perform above expectations and um, they make it close uh, like it was in Norman. But um, ultimately OSU really came out and, and took care of business. It started at 125, Reese Whitcraft um, uh, didn't necessarily perform his best against Joey Prada. Prada has been doing pretty well as of late. Um, he, they're, it's a guy that Reese can beat, but I, I just, you know, he, he didn't really ultimately uh, perform up to his expectation. But um, I think that the 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 expectation now is okay. Go steal a spot, right? Uh, he's ranked number thirty two after this weekend. Um, he's uh, projected to end up in the field, but he's going to have to go take that from somebody else. Uh, and Joey Prada is one of those guys. He's going to have to uh, beat him. He's going to have to uh, potentially beat a guy like Steve O'Poolin uh, from Northern Colorado um, to get up into that place. And then, you know, uh, that's really where you're going to have to qualify at Big 12s. Uh, Dayton Fix uh, took on Wyatt Henson, um, went back and counted it. Uh, Wyatt Henson did get a takedown on Dayton Fix. I think Seth posed the question, and I went out and looked, and yeah, this is the fifth time that Dayton Fix has been taken down in his college career, which is insane. Uh, again, just cannot overstate that Dayton Fix is an all-time great Oklahoma State wrestler. No, he doesn't have a national title yet, but just Every other measure that the guy could possibly have, he has been just outstanding. So um, Dayton Fix ended up getting a major decision. Uh, he pinned him at one point. Um, not to dwell on this too much, but the officiating was atrocious. I mean, immediately in the Reese Whitcraft one, um, the ref awarded Prada ghost points. Just out of nowhere, he gave him points uh, at the beginning of the second period, and it, it made no sense. Um, I pointed that out on Twitter, and I got a text from um, another, uh, well, not another, so somebody who is uh, very well-versed in officiating and, and college coaching and things like that, but I got a text from this person who said that, uh, you know, this official is one of the worst and uh, essentially he's not welcome to officiate in the ACC anymore. <laughs> so glad we're stuck with him in the Big 12, I guess. Um, he probably needs to go back down to high school. Um, because, I mean, just he was he was counting reaction time with a just a sundial. Um, and that's what happened in this Dayton Fix match. I mean, Henson was on his shoulder blades for three seconds. Right? 
like Dayton had him pinned, and then there was no call there. I mean, what the heck, you know? But Dayton took care of business, uh, got the major against uh, Wyatt Henson. Carter Young taking on Moshe Schwartz. Moshe Schwartz, one of the hottest wrestlers in the country at 141 pounds, has been having an incredible season. I mean, he his hit list is fantastic. He has three losses on the year, one of them, of course, to Carter Young. Um, he also lost to... Uh, he lost at Edinburgh. He got caught in a pinning combination, and he lost to Cole Madden uh, in sudden victory from Michigan. Um, but otherwise, I mean, from January, he has just been absolutely on fire. I mean, he since that Edinburgh loss, um, he beat uh, – Jordan Titus, Casey Zdurski, Kale Happel, Alan Hart, Dylan Drogemuller, Clay Carlson, right? And he beat Clay Carlson 8-2, um, which is somebody that most people <laughs> in the Big 12 have struggled with over the years, right? Um, but Carter went out and he got a really methodical 5-3 to three decision over um, Moshe. So that big win for Carter Young, and, and that continues his uh, streak here. Uh, where he has beaten just um, some really impressive wrestlers, right? I mean, Moshe Schwartz, Alan Hart, uh, Casey Sudersky, Kale Happel, Jordan Titus. Um, and then to go with the Jake Berglund wind back in December. I mean, he has beaten uh, some of the best wrestlers in the country. And while he does have a 13-10 and 10 record, um, he's he's been impressive uh, as of late. So hopefully... Uh, what we see from Carter is how it is here in the postseason. Uh, Victor Voinovich got the 2-0 decision over Mitch Moore on the revenge match. Um, looked really good. Didn't uh, allow Moore to um, get anything going. Didn't let him get his underhooks. Didn't let him uh, scramble out of position. Uh, Looked really good, ultimately, uh, in, in that match. Picked up the big win. Moving forward, uh, Caden Gefeller got the major decision over Jacob Butler. Another one where uh, G pinned him at the end, um, but the ref didn't call it. So, um, kind of is what it is. Butler's been performing really well, uh, so it uh, was a nice win for G there. In his last match in Gallagher-Iba, uh, Wyatt Sheets... Lost to Garrett Ninehouse again. Um, quite frankly, I think that Ninehouse locked up a cradle and, and did pin Wyatt Sheets. Um, but in this case, it was fortunate the ref was was <laughs> slow to react on these calls. And Sheets did mount a comeback, um, but just wasn't really able to get it done there in, in that one. Um, unfortunately, loses his final match in Gallagher-Iba. Ultimately, an excellent career from Wyatt Sheets. You know, he gave the program a lot and uh, was an All-American and um, should qualify for the tournament this year. And uh, we'll see how he does in a in a deep 165-pound weight class. I think that uh, that's a pretty big sacrifice for the team this year, where he wrestled at 165. Um, I know that, uh, th I mean, this was the best lineup for the team, right? Um, but I know he wanted to get back down to 157, and the coaches wanted to get him to 157 because they thought that uh, this would be a good opportunity for him to um, 
all American again at in that 157 pound weight class. It's pretty open, whereas 165 is a meat grinder. Um, so you know, gotta be grateful for what Wyatt Sheets has given Oklahoma State wrestling for sure. 174 pounds. Dustin Plot took on Tate Piccolo. Uh, again, Piccolo having an incredible season. He's looked really, really solid uh, throughout, especially since moving down to 174. When recruiting him, he was looking at uh, 197 pounds. So I, that's where they had him slotted in. Um, but of course, you know you're not going to commit to come to Stillwater with uh, the defending national champion with four years of eligibility left in front of you. Um, so. He ended up at OU and uh, has cut down to 174 and looks pretty darn good. And I think he might be a, a dark horse in the Big 12 tournament because that's where OU wrestlers really peak. So I'm um, curious to see how that works out for Tate. Uh, but Dustin Plot really took care of business here, was able to pick up the 7-2 to win, um, was able to hit his offense, uh, get things going, and look good against Piccolo. Travis Whitlake against Keegan Moore. Uh, this was a wonky match. Um, and Whitlake really controlled Moore. You know, last year, Moore's strength really got Dakota Gear in some trouble. Um, but after, um, uh, it, 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 it was, it was his strength. Keegan Moore was obviously just stronger and he kind of bull rushed Whitlake in their matchups and, um, made it difficult for uh, the Cowboy. Um, but Whitlake was able to keep Moore at bay, wasn't really um, threatened by his strength at all or his length. Uh, Whitlake was able to defend him really well and then was able to get to his offense pretty good too. Uh, the ref did try to give Moore a nice break <laughs> in this one, uh, which was uh, uh, interesting for sure. Um but they uh, really, you know, Whitley just took care of business there and, and looked good doing it. Uh, Luke Serber got the 4-1 to decision over Carson Berryhill. Not much to talk about there. Berryhill and Serber were teammates at Tuttle. Um, and it was, it wasn't, Luke didn't really come out with the energy that we expect from him in this one. Um, I don't know if it's because they're familiar with each other or what, but uh, um, pretty ho-hum just took care of business there for Luke Serber. Um, and then Connor Doucette picked up the win over Josh Heinzelman. Very methodical Connor Doucette match. Um, he rode out uh, Heinzelman in tiebreakers and then uh, took neutral in tiebreaker two, and uh, Heinzelman wasn't able to get a takedown. Uh so really good match from Connor. He's just been solid, you know. Um, I know he was on a bit of a losing streak there. Um, you know, had lost four in a row before that Stanford match, but uh, wait, it was a nice, nice way to end out, end up on top, fifteen and eight record. Um, ultimately, is is just he's just been solid. He's taking care of business. I like him in some of these rematch, potential rematches. Uh, I'm excited to see him get Tyrell Gordon again or Zach Elam or A.J. Nevels. I think that uh, he should be able to um, keep those guys off of his legs. I mean, if he can, if, if, if you get to the tournament and you just win in overtime, wins are wins. Let's go, you know. 
Um, would we have liked to see, would I like to see more offense? Would I like to see him go for it more? Yeah, absolutely. Um, but hey, there's next year, right? I think that Connor has really kind of solidified his spot, um, for next season at 285. You're going to give him a chance, right? Uh, Yeah, he's got that kid coming in from Indiana, Christian Carroll. And yes, he's the number two overall recruit in the country, right? Um, but heavyweights, upperweights especially, you know, all of them from 184, 197, 285, they need that year to, to develop. Um, they need to redshirt. They need to take some time. And then Carroll, quite frankly, is probably going to be the Olympic rep for uh, Greco-Roman at 220. You know, uh, who's his co- competition, right, is, is Braxton Amos. And uh, that's about it. The other guy retired. So um, he he very well could make the Olympic team, and the even more in at two twenty, so even more reason to just let him take that year, develop, you know, get better, um, figure out college, figure out wrestling, figure out the lifestyle, all that stuff. So um, yeah, I mean, I think Connor definitely has solidified his spot. I think that you know next year we could see him make another jump he's got the feel he knows how to win close ones okay now let's start trying to separate so i'm really excited about the trajectory of connor Doucette. and 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 look candidly i i, I love the kid he, great kid um he's got a great head on his shoulders he's conscientious uh when you hear him talk he he thinks through what he's saying, and then um, he. But at the same time, he's genuine, right? And then he promotes himself. He promotes the program really well. He's the kind of guy that you want to see. All, all these guys are um, this this whole twenty twenty crew really uh, with Ferrari out is all guys that just. Are good. They're good people. Between Doucette, Cerber, Plot, um, those three, especially the Master Giovanni brothers, they're just solid dudes. And you know, win or lose, that's it's always good to have around. And it really sets a culture tone, right? Because <clears throat> there's definitely been times in the past where. Uh, culturally, OSU wrestling was kind of pretty pretty rowdy, um, which we're not going to get into. But um, those stories are floating out there, and it just kind of is what it is. Um, these guys seem a little bit more level headed, and I think it comes from their leadership, right? Like it, like Dayton Fix is a very level headed, takes care of business guy. Dustin Plot, same thing. He goose around. He's funny. He has a great sense of humor and great personality, but he takes care of business. He works hard. He's going to win, right? Um, I, I think that that's uh, important to have. You know, team first, family first, and uh, got to love that. Just got to love it. Um, some people call it boring, uh, but uh, I think it's uh, a, a little bit more interesting than that. Um, so Pokes win. Got the big Bedlam win. Um, Cact capped off the home dual schedule and then went to Iowa city and, um, look, 
there was a path for Oklahoma State to win this duel. Um, unfortunately, the a tree fell on it <laughs> pretty much immediately in this one. And uh, I don't want to spend a ton of time on it. Um, it just wasn't fun uh, to watch. It wasn't fun to, to, um, to see. And uh, look, everything went right for Iowa and everything went wrong for Oklahoma State. I don't know how to turn that around, you know. Um, there's an element of just dang you know it's just a it, it was a gut punch it was a real gut punch and it doesn't feel good and I don't like it and uh, we're gonna talk through these matches here and then move on from it I do want to say I, I put this out there I do want to say I'm extremely happy that Iowa wrestled their A team in this duel it was the last duel of the season they have three four guys that have been having injury issues this year um, and they wrestled everybody. They didn't have to. The trend is to not, right? I mean, Penn State wouldn't have wrestled their starters in this one. They just wouldn't have. Um, heck, Iowa has sit out guys in other duels, in Big Ten duels. They almost lost Wisconsin because of it. Uh, they didn't look great against Northwestern. They didn't look great against Nebraska, right? I mean, they don't particularly care that much about duels, but they do care about this duel. It is a rivalry. It matters to the Brands brothers. It matters to John Smith. And I, honestly, I have a lot of respect for them for, for being that way. Um... It's hard for me to say. I don't have a ton of things that I respect about Tom Brands. Um, great wrestler. <laughs> uh, he does a lot for the sport. Um, I probably should edit that out, but I'm not going to. I'm going to stop while I'm ahead. Um, but I respect that he one that he always that they always have Oklahoma State on the schedule. We want that duel. It's a big rivalry. It has to happen. I'm glad that it's happening. I'm glad that they put out their A-team. I'm glad that they sold out their arena. It means that it still means something. Like, this tradition means something. And we have to preserve it, right? So that was awesome. Um, that was about the only positive you can take away, right? That one and, and Caden Gefeller, which we'll get to. Um Started at 165 pounds. Wyatt Sheets um, lost to Patrick Kennedy, their hotshot redshirt freshman uh, that has been having a really good year. Um, Wyatt had him beat. He had him in a position where he uh, he hit a uh, – I mean, he shucked out uh, of a whizzer uh, and had to go behind. He, he had it. He was right there, but just was a tick too slow. Kennedy – was able to reset his feet and get his own go behind at the end uh, to make it uh, six to four and then seven to four against Wyatt. So that was an unfortunate turn of events that happened there. Wyatt had the win. He's been so close against some really good wrestlers. Um, 
which gives you some hope in the postseason because maybe he'll be able to reverse those matches, right? So we'll, we'll see what happens. But that was a frustrating loss. Um, not unexpected, though. And then at 174 pounds, this is one that you had to win to win the duel. And Dustin just could not get offense going against Nelson Brands. Um, couldn't do it. Brands just shut him down. And he knew exactly what he needed to do to win the match, and that's what he did. Um, Brands just went out and t- took care of business. Kept it close and won in the end. And, uh, you know, that's it's tough. That's a really tough one for Dustin Plott. Um, it's a really tough one for the duel. Um, and it kind of shut the door immediately, right? Because you had to have that. You had to have it. And uh, um, kind of just is what it is there for that match. Uh, Travis Woodlake against Abe Asad. Um, they sent out Abe Asad, which was a bit unexpected. Uh, he's been pretty banged up. Um, I think this is his first action since like the middle of January. Uh, so um, kind of interesting to see him go out. And same thing that happened in the Dustin Plot match. Uh, Assad just shut Whitlake down. Uh, Whitlake couldn't get his offense going. Uh, Assad was able to uh, keep him at arm's length the whole time. Uh, he hit a, a move to get a takedown, and, and that was that, right? Um, the same exact thing happened at 197. Jacob Warner just shut down Luke Serber. Wasn't able to get things going, wasn't really able to um, get to any legs and and. He won his senior night match there against Cerber. Uh, and then Cassiope took down uh, Connor uh, there at the in the first period. And uh, Connor kept it to four to nothing. So um, that was that. Uh, Spencer Lee pinned Reese Whit- Whitcraft. Not unexpected. Um, Whitcraft went for it early. Uh, and uh, Lee punished him for it. Honestly, I think that's exactly what I laid out happening in last week's episode. The one prediction I got right uh, was that one. And, uh, yeah, uh, Whitcraft just, uh, you know, hey, good luck against Spencer Lee. I think that's what John Smith said in the uh, um, his, his radio show. He was like, yeah, you know, what, what are you going to do against that guy, right? Um Dayton Fix went out against Brody Teske, picked up the 11-3 major decision, uh, really overmatched Teske, um, which kind of expected to happen there. And then uh, Carter Young against Real Woods. Uh, this was probably Carter's worst match of the season. Um, Woods just completely shut him down. 11-0 um, major decision. Um, took him down and just rode him hard uh, for... The, the whole match, pretty much. Um, not much to take away from that one. Um, if he gets another shot, hopefully uh, Carter is able to perform a bit better against Woods. Uh, Voinovich against Murin. Kind of expected how this one to go. Uh, Voinovich was the aggressor, but Murin had tough defense. He did get the... Voinovich did get a takedown. Um, but... Uh, um, Murin was able to kind of keep him from do that, doing that again and then won the position battle in uh, um, 
his own takedown there. And then uh, Caden Gefeller got the overtime victory over uh, Kobe Seabrick, who is a, also having a really good season. Loki, really, really good win. Uh, and the highlight from the duel is uh, G picking up that that win. Um, he's G's just looked really good all year. He's he's been solid and uh, has uh, done that uh, done that thing real well, where he wins close matches and uh, takes care of business. And sometimes he's able to. Um, win in blowouts but he's really excelled on bottom in getting that uh, uh, dive through reversal uh, he hit that a couple times against Seabricht. Uh he's going to hit it against everybody and uh, he's he's looked so good in those positions uh, I'm, I'm really excited about Caden Gefeller moving forward so the Pokes lost um, you know fortunately this run for Iowa is over uh, where, you know, Spencer Lee's done, Max Murin's done, Nelson Brands is done, uh, Jacob Warner is done after this season. Um, I think they have a couple more that aren't going to be in their lineup moving forward. They've worked the transfer portal really well, so they've got Real Woods, obviously, um, for another year. Patrick Kennedy's going to get better. Kobe Seabrick's going to get better. Uh, their 125-pounder, Drake Ayala, kind of had Carter Young problems last year where he'd really struggled on bottom. Uh, he struggled to get his offense going. He struggled to finish. Um, so after a redshirt year and uh, kind of sitting out, we'll see how he does uh, moving forward. They don't have an answer at 133, uh, so probably we'll see them work the portal there. Um 184 Abe Assad has been pretty up and down in his career. He's had some injury problems. And then Tony Cassiope is obviously a great heavyweight wrestler. So they're still going to be really good, but their lineup gets a little bit uh, depleted after this season. They have some recruits coming in, but it's not at the same level as what Oklahoma State's been able to bring in. So um, <clears throat> with guys like Jordan Williams and uh, – the freshmen coming in, Braden Thompson, A.J. Hegg, uh, Jersey Rob, um, Christian Carroll. There's a lot of options for OSU moving forward. I think they need to go get a transfer for 165 or for uh, Luke Meckler or Chance McLean to really um, make a big level jump. Um, but that's the really only big question mark for next season for Oklahoma State. So getting them back in Gallagher-Iba next season, uh, OSU should be able to break their win streak up for that duel. I think the last time OSU won was in 2019. So um, excited to see that turnaround. Uh, but it's going to happen, which is good. You know, love that duel, uh, love that matchup. It's always exciting. And it's always fun, and, and I think that uh, there's a lot to look forward to. Uh, unfortunately, it didn't go OSU's way, and I have some egg on my face with that prediction. It did not go, not even close. I mean, <laughs> but look, that's the thing, you know. That's when I'm being a homer and homer picking. That's bound to happen every now and then, so I'm sure uh, none of y'all actually care. <laughs> Anyway, um, 
ultimately good dual season for Oklahoma State, tied for first in the Big 12 uh, at the end of the regular dual season. Um, should have some good things moving into the postseason. Hopefully we qualify all 10 weights. We'll come back next week and preview the Big 12 tournament. And uh, hopefully we have some guests and we'll talk through all that. So thanks for listening and go Pokes.